Hey gang, it's Johnny, and I have some really sad news. Uh, legendary power pop artist Dwight Twilley passed away on Wednesday, October 18th. It's a sad thing. He suffered a stroke while driving alone on Saturday, October 14th, and uh, lost control of his car and hit a tree and sadly passed away yesterday, uh, October 18th. I'm a huge fan of Dwight Twilley's, and it's such a sad such a sad loss, you know, uh, kind of became email pals with his wife, Jan, over the years since uh, since Dwight was on the show a couple of times uh, in 2015. He was on in, in January of 2015, and then he was on again in December of 2015. Um, we had a couple of really great conversations, and I was really excited to, to talk to him. My friend uh, Jason Swedberg reached out today and told me the news, and um, it's so sad, you know, it's... It's just sad, you know, those guys from that generation, man, they're going, you know, they're going. So my connection with Dwight Twilley started when I was about 15 and I was hanging out with Jason who called, who called me this morning to tell me. Um, and I saw the song Girls on MTV. There was a song called Girls. He had it, he had it on there. It was great. I thought it was, a, that was his first sort of trip or whatever. I don't know, but I got the cassette and I was into it. Huge fan of Dwight Twilley, huge fan of girls, but I didn't know to go back and check other stuff out, right? I didn't know. Then in about 1995 or 96 or something, I'm laying on the couch watching uh, Access TV and they're showing like old videos of bands and there's a video of a guy and he's singing I'm on Fire and Tom Petty, a very young Tom Petty was playing bass. It was so weird. It's like, who's this guy that Tom Petty's like playing bass for in like the 70s? And then the name pops up, Dwight Twilley. I'm like, that's the guy. That's the guy from Girls. Went out and started uh, doing a little back, back catalog research. Then when I got in Skyrocket, my friends Paul English and my friend Corey Glazer and I would ride around together. And usually the first song that we'd listen to, I told Dwight this in one of, the t- one of our conversations. Um, I, the first song we would play is I'm a Shark, which is a hard song to find. And Dwight tells the story of the song. It's a great, great story. But uh, that, so we started calling ourselves the Sharks, and other people called us the Sharks. So we were the Sharks for a long time, named after a Dwight Twilley song. But I do have to tell you that this was one of the ones that I was most excited for. And the first time I talked to him, which was uh, in, in January of, uh, of 2015, the first time I talked to him, uh, he was releasing his record Always, which is a new record. He hadn't put out a record in a long time. He had done this album on his own terms in his own studio, and he was very excited about it. The record's fucking great. And uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff, like his, his art career. He was starting to, to start put, putting out art, and, and, and he was working on a book at the time. Uh, we talked about the 70s, like having singles in the 70s, and he was on Solid Gold, and he was on Dance Fever. <laughs> I think those were in the 80s for girls. But anyway, uh, great conversations, great conversations. Then he was on again later that year in uh, December of 2014 because he was coming to Austin to do a solo show at, at the Hole in the Wall at that point. And uh, so I slapped it on a show with, uh, with the Welch family. But um, I'll take both of these conversations. The first one you'll hear is the, is, is, uh, is the one from 2015, which is episode 340 with Dwight Twilley. And, uh, and the second one you'll hear is episode 445, uh, when Dwight Twilley returns. We talk about his art book and all kinds of stuff. My heart goes out to Jan, his wife. Uh, I don't know if I've said that yet. Uh, she's a lovely person. My friend Ron Flint, who hooked us up and was very close with, with Dwight, and they played together. They were from the same 
Tulsa power pop scene. Um, yeah, my love and condolences to all, all of those involved. I love Dwight Twilley. So without further ado, the first show you'll hear is from 3.40, and the next one you'll hear is from 4.45. This is me and Dwight Twilley from the year 2015. All right, rest in peace, Dwight. We love you. Regular stuff. Okay. Box, final poster two. <laughs> yeah. Big time important stuff. Well, you you are you're in charge of your own music now. Yes, pretty much. And yeah. this this album always, I, I assume, is like just like from you recorded it in your studio, produced it yourself. Correct. Yep. And it's all in your hands right now. Is that an incredibly great feeling, or is it a little overwhelming? Uh, both. Yeah. You know what I mean? The actual work of it, you know, when somebody in uh, Sweden wants a, a CD, uh, you're kind of responsible to get it to them. Yeah. In some ways, though, uh, it's nice to have control over what you do. Oh, I, hell yeah. I imagine when you were doing, like, the record Jungle or something, you had someone over your over your shoulder, you know, saying this or that, or insisting oh, that you me. have choreographed football playing high school guys going into a shower. Yeah, for you know, <laughs> you know all I mean? that, all that with the major labels. There was always somebody with a suit in the background calling the shots. Yeah. I know the first time that Phil um, and I, the Dwight Twilley Band, were on American Bandstand, we played "I'm on Fire." Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then we introduced our new, you know, our new follow-up single, "Shark." Yeah. And uh, everybody, there was actually radio stations that recorded it off American Bandstand. And started playing it on the air, and, but there were some yeah, some executive up in the top of the you know building, you know, with you know manicured fingernails, decided that that wasn't a very good idea because it sounded like we were taking advantage of of the success of the movie Jaws. Right. So that that uh, that never came out as a single. It's funny that it pissed us, it pissed us off so much we. <laughs> We took it off our album. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, that's that's what I was gonna say. It's it's hard to find now. Yeah, it's around though. Yeah, yeah. My friend Corey has it, and I, um, there's a there, I'm in a band called Skyrocket, and there's three of us that that used to ride together all the time, and we called ourselves the Sharks. And every time we were <laughs> g- coming home from a trip, that was the first song we'd listen to. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Hey, uh, so tell me about always. So you did that in your studio, and mm-hmm. did you co-write any of that stuff? Because I don't, I don't have a physical thing to no, see that. No, I always write all my all, music, all your own always stuff. Have. Yeah, always have. That's amazing. So, so you did this in your own studio. Who, who all, who all did you have on the album? I know you had Ron on there. Ron oh Flint. That's quite a list. Yeah, I can read some of these names here. Uh, let's see. Well, of course, we had Ron, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Ron Flint and Steve Allen. So we had the full 2020 experience. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, an interesting person was also James Barth, who co-engineered I'm on Fire. Oh, wow. All the way back to those days. Uh, did strings. Um, can't really get through an album without asking Susan to come sing on something. Susan Calcill. Yeah, you guys have a cool thing. I saw an old video from, I guess, the time of the Jungle record with her singing back up. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. on girls yeah, or something. Yeah, we've been singing together for years. Yeah. Susan is the sweetheart of the universe. That's what I've heard. And then we have Mitch Easter. Yes. And um, some, uh, the connoisseurs of music would know uh, Jimmy Carstein, uh, unbelievable drummer percussionist. Right. went all the way back to uh, being the drummer for Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Oh, wow. And um, then, of course, uh, the amazing Tommy Keene. Wow. And then a real interesting one uh, was, because what what happened was, uh, as we finished up our previous album, Soundtrack, right. towards the end of that album, um, Bill Pickock the Fourth passed away. And right. we were really a team. Yeah. Uh, Jan Engineering and me and Bill uh, uh, constantly recording for the last 10 years or so. Right. So we were kind of felt weird uh, about what direction to go. And it was suggested to us that why don't we um, call on some of our friends because we'd never really did that much before. You know, uh, we were just such a, uh, a condensed music making machine. You know, if it just happened to happen, it would happen with some, you know, or somebody would be in town. Uh, we'd have somebody play, but we never really needed to. And so I actually made an effort to actually, you know, ring up some of my friends and you know, people I've worked with in the past and, and say, hey, you want to try something? And one of the interesting ones was, for years, um, fans have always talked about, asked about, <laughs> the lead break on the song, Sincerely, uh-huh. which was actually about 12 to 14 tracks of... Uh, Backwards Guitars. Oh, wow. Which we recorded at Leon Russell's 40-track studio uh, wow. way back when, yeah. back in the day. And uh, there didn't used to be 40 tracks then, by the way. <laughs> How did you do? Did you do slave machines, or did you just bounce shit down like old school? Well, you didn't really have to when you had 40 tracks. Well, how you was... could afford to have 12 tracks of guitar. Oh, okay, but how did you have 40 tracks when there wasn't a 40-track machine? There was, actually. Oh. Leon Russell had one of the first. Oh, wow. Uh, Stevens, uh, 40-track. I have never actually, heard of that. Yeah, he had a couple of them. And we were among the first people to ever use one. And so in a short amount of time, we went from working on a T-Act 4-track <laughs> <laughs> to working at Leon Russell's 40-track. That's just the way this business is. But anyway, some people for years have asked about uh, that guitar part, which was done by Roger Lynn who later on became famous for inventing the Lindrum. Oh, wow. And, and he played on a number of my records through the years, and I hadn't talked to him in a long time, and I just called him, hey, Rog, you know, <laughs> you, you don't want to get a, a crack at one of these tunes, you know? And uh, so we, uh, Roger Lynn is playing guitars on one of the songs. Um, uh, we got uh, another Tolson here, Steve Ripley, a very talented, interesting, diverse guitar player. Yeah. Uh, Leland Sklar is no slouch as a bass Whoa. player. Yeah, yeah, that's. And uh, then the the illustrious Ken Ken Stringfellow. Yeah. So that's just a little uh, smattering of some of the talent, besides some of the guys in my live my live show playing on it as well. That's fantastic. Are you about to go? You're going out to California. Are you going to do some shows out there? Is that what you're doing? I'm actually just going to do an in store appearance. Okay. And do a short little acoustic set. Great. So, man, let me ask you this. You've been putting out records for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, a, and it's I mean, a lot of laundry, isn't it? That is a, I mean, like your vinyl, 8-track cassettes, like the mediums have changed. Mm-hmm. The, 
the 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 playing field has changed. Mm-hmm. The music has changed. And by the way, let me tell you, your record is so great, and you're in such well, great you. form. It's very inspiring to know that one can one can keep on making music that's vibrant. There's a vibrancy to your music. You know, on this record, always there's like. It's exciting to listen to, and it sounds like somebody really making a record, not like you know what I mean. Like it, you're, it it's As nice to see to someone that's still excited. Interest. Yeah, yeah, or, or you know, yeah, we're still infatuated by what we do. It's still magical to us. That's amazing. We call our studio our magic box. That's good. That's that's very good. So, in in all this time of putting out these records, and like, what? How does how? How does it look to you? Are you at all intimidated by all of the change that's happened, by Spotify, by all the social media and everything? Uh, you know, I don't know if intimidated is the word. There is one thing, though, that, that I think a lot about these days that has me really disappointed, and that is the fact that there's like a whole generation of people that really... Uh, don't listen to music, don't hear music anymore. Yeah. Because they're listening on their computer or little buds in their ears. Yeah. And they have no idea, uh, sonically, uh, the, the uh, huge amount of sound and a part of the music that they're missing. They're just not hearing it all. No. And, and um, actually, we've had people come in at times into our studio, and it's like they're kind of like in shock because they haven't heard music. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, the whole yeah. generation that literally has not really heard music, because you know there was a time when you would be invited to someone's house because they just got the they, new Dwight Twilley record or something. Or they would show off their, yeah. tell you about how great speakers they had and what yeah. kind of turntable, and everybody would sit around and they would put on some brand new record called something like Revolver. Yeah, and if we you'd listen to the record from top to top to bottom, you know extremely loud yeah and it was like an experience for this group of people you know it was really exciting and everybody was more excited about music now it's just like you people run away into the corner and not you know or they have it in their ears where no one else is listening with them yeah and they're not hearing the whole record they're hearing like 30 percent of the sound so so many nuances and things that we take so much time you know in detail um to create, um, are never heard. You're right. And so it's, your, you know, in a way we feel fortunate that th- this particular record and our last few records, they transfer well to that, you know. They sound good on a computer and a little earbud and we're, or in a, in a little car cassette or something, um, you know, or DVD, DVD, CD player in your car. Yeah, whatever the heck. And it sounds, you know, it's, it sounds good. Uh, and we're just lucky about that. <laughs> yeah. But but um, it is. I just it kind of makes me sad. It's unfortunate. If there's anything about the new technology that uh, I'm uncomfortable with, it's that. That's thinking about the fact that uh, it took- my art, uh, people are only hearing a tiny percent of what I'm really doing. Yeah. And I'm not the only one in the boat. <laughs> this is almost every artist that exists. Yeah. So that was my speech on that. How do you how do you, how do you take in music now? Like how do you how do you find new music? How do you how do you listen to music? Do you still listen? I, I never have. I've always thought that um, if there was an, something important I needed to hear, it always came to me. 
you know, it would always end up in my face. I never searched for it. I never went and bought everybody's album and listened top to bottom. I didn't really want to be influenced by anything. I, you know, I like my original influences, you know. The, yeah, the you have early, a very unique sound under yourself, uh, the, you know the, what I mean? Yeah, from going back to the Beatles and a lot of the 60s uh, artists and uh, and back to uh, Elvis and uh, all the great artists of that time, you know, the Everly Brothers, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. on and on. And uh, I, I, if there's a, I'm stuck with the radio, I just as soon listen to an oldie station. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I'm down with that. Do you get to get out? Do you play any uh, pop festivals? Like, uh, I know that uh, some friends of mine went to go see you a few years ago at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do quite a few. We did a big one in New York. Yeah? A few months back, yeah. This Oh, the CMJ? I don't know what it was called. Oh. <laughs> All I know is that people came. I sometimes you wonder. I, I, you know, just looking at it, I'm standing in front of a 600 seater with uh, my name on the bill, thinking, "Is anybody going to show up?" <laughs> <laughs> but people but, do. You yeah, a, it was sold out. Was yeah, dead. people love you, man. I mean, yeah, we did real well in Canada uh, recently. When so, yeah, we do. Um, I, and, sorry, go ahead. Oh, God, I was just going to say, and we intend to get out and about quite a bit. We hope to. Is that... And we're actually we're going to take a little time away from recording. We've been recording nonstop. If you think about it, we've done three albums in a four-year period. Mm-hmm. From 2010 to 2014. Right. Three full studio albums of all yeah. new material. That's, that's quite a... That's more than a lot of bands do in their whole careers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, so we're, we're going to step back away from recording. It'll be hard to do, but it's so addictive. But uh, and try to get out, out more, and 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 kind of address some other little issues and little dreams and things we want to take care of. Like what? Do you want to share those? Well, uh, I'm very interested in uh, capturing my artwork. I've been doing art all my life. Is, did you do the cover of Always? Yes, I did. Oh, awesome! I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So you've been doing art all your life. Yeah, and I've always, I've never sold it. I've showed it a few times, uh-huh. but there's so much of it, and I always wanted to do a book. And because of color and all that kind of stuff, uh, in the past it was really not. It's too expensive to do a book. It costs too much to have it transferred. You know. Yeah. Uh, in the old days, but now with scanning and uh, that all that cost kind of disappears. Right. And um, it, you know, it may be in in several different formats. It might be in the form of a documentary. It might be in the form of like a, an art ebook. But and I don't, I'd like to make prints. But basically, just while while I still have it before it gets burned up or lost or a flood or something, yeah, I uh, I would like to uh, capture and protect, you know, digitally capture yeah. all the artwork I've done throughout my life. And a lot of it relates directly to the music. A lot of, there's even, you know, like, a, I, I have a drawing for I'm on Fire. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> songs, you know, while I'd be working on a song, sometimes I'd have the drawing that was went along with the song I, or a painting. I've been that, I've I've done similar sort of things. And, you know, there's a guy, do you know who Jay Joyce is? It doesn't ring a bell. So producer and guitar player guy in Nashville, and he he told me this thing like fifteen or sixteen years ago about 
how healthy it is to keep two studios going at once if you mm-hmm. paint and and then the music one. So you just bounce between each one, and every time you hit a wall in one, you go to the other yeah, and do something? Yeah, that's a good thought. I don't know what happens if you, uh, if you hit a wall in both of them. <laughs> I guess you that's leave bad. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, do you do it like that? I mean, do you, do you use it as kind of like a, a therapy since it's, there's not as much weight on it as it is, as I there guess, is your, I, your music creatively, that you have this other creative outlet that doesn't have as much pressure on it? So I think that um, in the last 10 or more years, ever since I got my own studio, I've definitely strayed away from the graphic art. I've done a few things, but it's the, uh, the uh, studio, having your own studio, which is a luxury, um, it's just so addictive that it, you find it, hard, <laughs> find it hard to turn it off. Yeah, totally. Totally. Are those videos, the video, uh, when you go right to your website, which is DwightTwilly.com, uh, when you go right to your website, there's two videos. There's one of you that has, like, Merv introducing you and stuff, and then has you singing in the studio. Is that that's your studio? Yes. Uh, it's nice, man. With our circular window. Yeah. Yeah. The big Oak Studio. So, um, it, it, you have this studio. Do you ever produce other people? No, there's really just not time for it. I can Sometimes, see that you know, with how I prolific mean, you are. For a, a friend or something, or just something fun, little project. Uh, we've done a few things, but it's it's really strictly a matter of we're usually just into an album. Yeah. And then there's just no time for it. Yeah. Hey, tell me about this Beatles album. Because I, I, I didn't even notice it until today, and then I was listening to it. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. What an undertaking. You know, it really was just somebody uh, paying us money to record Beatles songs. Oh, really? And we didn't really take it very seriously. It was just, how can you turn it down? It was just somebody wanted to pay us, and we'd do one, and then they'd say, oh, God, you got to do this one, and they'd pay us more, and <laughs> do this one. It wasn't really our project or, you know, our idea or creation. And and uh, I know some people enjoy it, but it's, I don't like even really consider it a Dwight Willie album. no. Just like it's just like a collection of covers. Sure, I've, you know I've done that. I've I've even recorded some of the same ones that you did. They're not as good though. <laughs> That's what's sad. When I heard yours, I was like, "Damn it!" But I have friends that have done the same thing. Um, uh, are there any other creative projects outside of the art thing that you're going to do this year that you were saying you wanted to do some outside stuff, documentary? Uh- well, yeah, yet- there's still a documentary that's in the works. And while we're in Los Angeles, we're going to be having some meetings with some people that are interested in that project and the possibility that they might melt together between the art and the art and the uh, uh, story, the documentary right, right. story. So it's, it's all kind of a, a lot of head-scratching going on. Yeah. You know, and, th- and just business things. Right. Things well- that we haven't... Um, paid enough attention to because we've been so busy recording. Yeah, so we're totally. getting a lot of a, uh, action in uh, with film and television at the moment. That's great. And I know you you probably heard of the movie You're Next. Yes. Out. Yeah. It was pretty successful, and the main song in the film, the only song in the film, actually, is the song "Looking for the Magic." That's great. Uh, from the Twilly Don't Mind, right? Second album by the Dwight Twilly Band, and uh, it's. Uh, there's a real popular video on YouTube 
uh, from a television show that uh, was called Wacko back 77 or so. You can look it up. But you are, oh, yeah, yeah. Look up Dwight Willie looking for the magic. I Dwight must Willie have seen Band it today. for the magic and find it. And, and people like the fact that it's Bill Peckock the fourth and on yeah. guitar, Phil Seymour on drums, and Tom Petty on bass. Yeah. And, I, and I'm playing the piano. And, yeah. And so... How did... How with, did with, you... with the film, and um, uh, it's kind of made our audience change. They, we have a lot younger audience, and they all know the words and sing along, and that's kind of fun. I've... And for some reason, it's like <laughs> coming out in like five more motion pictures over the next year or so. That's great, Dwight. And, and a couple of uh, television shows as well. Great. Big ones. And why? I have no idea. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, good songs last. That's why. You know yeah, what? your songs, can, they can come back and take care of you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good feeling, I bet. Hey, tell me about this. So you, you and Tom Petty were label mates mm-hmm. on Shelter. Right. And that's how you knew each other? Yeah. And obviously, there's no way either of you guys couldn't be fans of each other's music. Because um, you're both I've, amazing. I've always been a fan of that. Yeah. From the minute I met Tom. Yeah, do you guys yeah. still stay in touch? No, hardly. I think he's like too big a star now to talk to me. <laughs> no way. That's what I thought about you. <laughs> I was like, when I when I contacted Jan, I was like, well, I don't know if do I. Tw-. I've actually been thinking about this since Ron was on my show. Um, let me ask you then a couple of questions about these TV shows because I did have some questions. What was it like being on Solid Gold? Because I was like, that was my my like I was like. I'm 46, so like that show came out, I was super into music, and I used to tune into that show every week to see my bands play, right. and today when I saw you performing Girls on there, I noticed the people clapping all the way through it, that was really yeah. annoying, and then I was like, man, that show must have been so fucking weird to do. <laughs> it was actually one of the good ones, it was, was it? fun. Yeah, and it, it, it had uh, real good camera work. Yeah, they did good have good camera work. Show. Yeah. We were on that show a number of times. Um, it, it looked good, you know, and it yeah. was, was well-produced. And, uh, but like, for instance, the, the exact opposite was the, the show that it, I think it was on the same time called Dance Fever. Oh, you were on Dance Fever? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, with Danny Terrio. Yeah, he used to, they used to go on back-to-back. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. I forget. But, you know, like the, the camera work, it was like night and day. Right. I know that uh, we were doing the song "Why You Want to Break My Heart" on there once. I love that song. And uh, they turned up the, the, you know, the smoke cloud while we're <laughs> playing the song. And I mean, you know, and the band was like crying. <laughs> it was just like so severe; you could barely see us. That's like, hilarious. Somebody like overdid it or something. It was like the studio was on fire or something. That's some Spinal Tap shit. Have you ever thought of writing a book? I, bet- uh, I have written a book. I published a book in nineteen 19- ninety four. Yeah, with right. your about uh, le- sorry letters with your daughter. You're talking to a published off. Yeah, author, sorry, sir. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and see, and I'm looking at a uh, possible book with this artwork. Oh yeah, right. Well, let me. Uh, what's what's the name of that book? The book that you put out. Questions from Dad. Questions from Dad. Is is it, that's mostly just explain that book to me. Um. <laughs> uh, it was just a thing about the, you know uh, a way for a method for people to communicate uh, lo- in a long distance way with kids. 
because so many people, you know, get, uh, are separated from their, you know, wife or something, wife yes. moves away to God knows where, or right. somebody's in the military or in prison or something, and it was just a little method to help people communicate. And, it, you know, there was a, it did seem to kind of help some people, and um, I got a little award for it from the Children's Rights Council. That's really beautiful, and, uh, man. I spoke in Washington, did all that kind of crap. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, I don't think I'd do it again. It was like I felt strange going on television without a guitar. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, you <laughs> you seem like you're definitely a musician, musician. Yeah. Like, uh, not, not to go back and belabor the girls' video, but even like, uh, you do silly very well with the straight face in that video, like with the shaving cream and stuff. But um, but yeah, you don't seem like a like uh like like you wanted you present yourself much more outside of playing music. Not On much that, in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got a cough. <laughs> Good, it's you and not me. Yeah, it is me. Um, so uh, it's gonna be a big year, a great year. I'm excited to see this. Um, I'm excited to see what you guys do, and um, I'm hoping that someday we can meet. Are you planning on on making it down to South by Southwest at all this year, or do you I have any plans not. to tour? <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember being a, at the airport. I've done that several times, and we always have a good time. We always have a big crowd, uh, but I know, leaving South by Southwest, I'm at the airport, and... Lo and behold, you know, I couldn't quite get out of there without, you know, some news team coming up to me. And they, said, they asked me, you know, what, what is the best thing about South by Southwest? And I said, leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I don't like the way that they handle it, where they, the band's got a, exactly 35.4 seconds to do a set. Yeah. And throw your gear off and on stage and... You know, it's kind of like trying to make uh, a band play under the worst circumstances and see how well they do. It's almost like a game show or something. Right. I and, always uh, feel I always feel bad for bands that like come from Japan and they're like thrown in this parking lot of like you know a hot dog place. Yeah, no kidding. You know. So this. in a way, it's, it's kind of you know it's kind of disrespectful to musicians in a way. But I know a lot of people have a great time there, and it serves a lot of purposes. It's it's good for people to. You know, connect with people, and, and I've done it before, and I've had fun doing it before, but it's not on the top of my wish list. No, um, but is when you tour, you tour with the full band. Do you ever do solo tours? I, I have never done a solo tour, uh, but I may in the future um, with the artwork. I yeah. might uh, go around and do oh. uh, not play clubs and right. play art galleries. And do like a little acoustic set, and then you know show my artwork and sign artwork for people, and and um, so that concept is it has been been floating around because they make it hard for you to tour these days too. It's so expensive. It is. And certain yeah. parts of the country are terrible, and you know how you there, there's certain parts of the country like if you're trying to go from Tulsa to uh, L.A. for instance, there aren't that many places you can play along the way. Right, you know, to pay for your gas and your hotel right. rooms and all that, but you know, we've been thinking about the idea of forget playing at the, cl- the clubs if they there there isn't a club, or if the clubs want to treat you crappy. Right, almost every town has an art gallery. Yeah, and it might just be a fun, intimate way to 
go across and promote always and um, and show some artwork and uh, add a little music into it. So that's something we're toying with, you know, so the, the toying stage, you might say. In fact, what I'm doing at this in-store is kind of like a little bit like that. So it's going to be kind of a tester and see how that goes. Well, good. Well, I'm curious. I'm not real. I'm not a real troubadour kind of guy, right? And actually, if you if you think about my music in general, it's it's not really solo acoustic uh, guy. It's not really. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not designed really for like one singer and a guitar. No, it's like a power pop band music. Yeah, but there are some songs you can that you can pull off. Yeah, sure. So sure. That's that. I mean, do you, do you do you look at yourself as being akin to all of those twenty twenty, the Plimsolls, the Knack? Yeah, uh, they're all guys who were kind of in the same genre. Yeah, and what about all of the resurgences? Were you ever? Uh, did you? Well, obviously the Posies. You worked with Ken. Mm-hmm. And um, did you ever listen to like Jellyfish or anything like that? I never really listened to much no. of anybody. Okay, <laughs> just I didn't I didn't know if it just came across you or maybe you toured with them or something or. Oh, a lot of times most of these guys we but one time or another we did shows together. I think Big Star opened for us a lot of times. Wow, yeah, that was an amazing band, one of my faves. Well, um, man, I uh, I I love this album always. I encourage all people to go and get it. They can go to DwightTwilly.com. And pick yeah, things it's a good up. Place to get it, especially if you want it signed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can get a signed copy. You know what? I'm going to do that now. Um, thank you so much for doing. Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything you want to tell? Well, the I would hope you would invite people to join us uh, on Facebook. Yes, at Dwight Twilly Fan World. Okay, Dwight Twilly Don't Fan try World to go on Dwight Facebook. Twilly. He's not a snob. He's just full. Yeah, <laughs> he can't. He can't have any more friends. No more friends. So join us at uh, Dwight Twilly Fan World. Okay. And just about everything that we post on the, our main page anyway, we post there too. So you can follow what we're doing and, and look at the back and see what we've done in the past. And we put up some really interesting posts. In fact, uh, we had a great post that had like 300 likes like yesterday or something. On New Year's Eve, uh, we put up a picture of, uh, of me and Dick Clark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How was and, that? Uh, How was American Bandstand? Have, have a happy, uh, rockin New happy, Year's. happy rockin' New Year's Eve, <laughs> or, you know? Yeah. And people really liked that. So, just, um, we'd love to um, hear from uh, from yep. all the the people out there. Yeah, there's and, people uh, out there. Join right? us on the fan world. Okay, and the social and, media. Are you also on Twitter? Uh, we are, but my wife knows all that stuff. Okay. I wouldn't know so just Twilly. go to the Dwight Twilly. Twilly. Just look for Twilly on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> we don't tweet much, though. <laughs> okay. Just go to the Dwight, Dwight Twilly fan world. That's the main one. Mm-hmm. And com for all your Dwight Twilly needs. Well, man, thank you so much for doing the show. And, uh, and I hope, enjoyed it. Yeah. Take care. And uh, and thank you so much for all the great music. I'm a huge fan, and it's great to, and honor get to talk to you. Thank you, sir. studio there and the house engineer uh guy had my whole band smoking one night because of that same thing 
That if you look at the pictures of the Beatles, of course they're, they're all smoking. So for some, it has to change the sound of the room in some you way. Know, you know, it warms everything up. <laughs> yeah. You think anybody walked in and said, "Excuse me, Mr. Sinatra"? Yeah, yeah. Put out your cigarette. <laughs> Sorry, Dean. <laughs> Sorry, Dino. Time to time to extinguish your smoke. So, uh, Dwight, uh, earlier let this... it smell, but don't let it smoke, Dean. <laughs> Hey, so uh, last year or earlier this year when we spoke, which was almost a year ago, uh, you were talking about uh, you just put out Always. And mm-hmm. when I was asking you if you did solo shows, you were like, well, I'm thinking I might do some shows. And now you've done the Look Ma No Band tour this year. I know. It's really weird. Yeah. I'm terrified. I've never done it in my whole life. Well, how's I've it? All over the country. Yeah. And how's it been going? Well, it's it's surprising. Because I probably told you at the time that I was just kind of, you know, people always were asking me to, you know, do something acoustic. People are going to love it, you know? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, sure. And then a lot of times I'd go to do like radio, you know, the radio interview and somebody would be live on the air and someone would pull out acoustics. Like, can you do a couple tunes? Yeah. And so, you know, you consider that kind of thing. Everybody's doing it. You might as well. Right. And then, I, you know, but then there's always some guy that right when you're live on the air, well, can you play one of the hits? Right. You know, and it's just my songs, you know, my hits really, they have so many vocals and intricate parts. They don't really translate well to a, an acoustic and one voice. Right. So I always was uncomfortable about that. But I, I, you know, I don't need to go into the whole story. I was in Canada and someone talked us into doing like three songs. Right. And um, I thought, well, I, heck, I can do three songs. I don't have to play any of the hits, you know. And I was so surprised. Right. Uh, the reaction from the people. And then we went on to LA for some other business, and someone had invited us to play somewhere. Right. And uh, we was billed as just directly with a guitar. And we were just, we were amazed by the way that, you know, you couldn't get in the door. People were out in the street. And, um, and since then, so I, you know, started kind of getting comfortable with it. And, um, not that I'm getting any better at it, right? <laughs> comfortable with it. And there's a couple of things about it that are actually very cool. You know, my time in my life with the body of work that I've done yeah, is, you know, I really enjoy uh, going out with the band, which we recently just did a show with the band. It was so much fun. And um, all the bells and whistles. And uh, yeah. I, really, I really love to rock. And so there's so many songs that... Um, I would just never even consider doing. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, because they don't rock. Right. So, so you bringing those it, out? Huh? You bringing those out? Well, yeah. And I think it really, it's a lot of songs that people have always wanted to hear, but I've never done them. That's awesome. And it's fun for me. Yeah. Because I've been doing all these rock and roll songs all these years. And a lot of times we think, wouldn't it be cool to do that song? Everybody loves that song on this album. But, you know, in the middle of this rock and roll show, you really just don't want to bring the whole audience down and get into some ballad or something. Right. And yeah. uh, so now I'm able to kind of surprise the audience, I think, and a lot of times. They go like, um, you know, they can't believe I'm playing the song that they've known for years. Right. Or I've never heard. And uh, actually a few people... Uh, even came up to me after sh- uh, some of the shows at more than once and said, I never really knew you until I, I saw this show. Wow. So 
and we've really been kind of having fun with it. That's great, man. And are you? Uh, did you find ways like rediscover songs, like playing them in a new way, like that? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, always fun. I think I have a few surprises. Yeah. That people will go. I can't believe he's playing that. What's the? I'm drawing a blank. I don't have it written down. The name of the the Green Blimp album. Yeah, the Green Blimp. Yeah, the Green Blimp. That album. It, I listened to that today, uh, and I I I don't think I'd really listened to the whole thing like I did today. And it was it's fucking great, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Are you playing Pretty anything off of that? of that? I hate to say anything. Okay. I like I don't that. Really want to tell people what I'm going to play. All right. So, but uh, let's just say that I don't think you'll be disappointed. No. I think I think it's going to be exciting enough to get to see Dwight Twilley play live by himself. Uh, that people will hold it and listen. It's going to be this Thursday, December seventeenth, at the Hole in the Wall, uh, with special guest Ron Flint. Ron goes on at nine, and uh, and you go on at ten. Yeah, this is what a pleasure it's going to be uh, to work with Ron, one of my dear friends. And as you know, he plays on the new album. Yeah, and uh, and so does his uh, old buddy uh, Steve Allen. Oh yeah, is he work on the new album? Excellent. Is he gonna? Is uh, Ron's just playing by himself as well, right? Yeah, I wish Steve was coming in too. He is a, you know, he's a hoot. Yeah. He did, actually, he sat in with, in, uh, with us on a show at uh, Halloween right. night here in Tulsa. Oh really? At Brady Theater, and, and we just had a gas. That's awesome. He's a great guy. Um, yeah. What well, another thing that we talked about earlier in the year? You talked about uh, that you were going to try and do something with your art in the form of like a book or something. Yeah, I'm working on that right now. I've yeah. kind of reached a milestone. Great. I've captured uh, 100 pieces of art so far. Oh, fantastic. I've been working on for some time. And, you know, I've started with a certain size, but a lot of them are very old. Right. And so yeah, I'm doing scanning and having to clean up little uh, blotches, wrinkles, dots, dust, things like that. But I finally got to the point where I now have 100 pieces of art. Uh, captured. Oh, that's fantastic. To start on another uh, <laughs> road case of work. <laughs> and I'll be probably after the holidays, I'm going to start working on the second 100. Right. And where, where I'm going with this, I'm not exactly sure. I just know that I want to do it. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's going to be a book, a film, both, or uh, where I'm going with it, but it is a project that I'm real seriously involved in right now. That's awesome. That's good to hear. I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever it is that you do. Do you have any plans for 2016? I well, know that... you kind of know in a way because, you know, I did the, the cover art of the new album always. Right, yeah. So you have a rough idea. Right. I did the cover of the Christmas album. Right. Uh, which is, by the way, very <laughs> coveted at the moment here in the holidays. Yeah, of course. Still enough, so many people are ordering the Christmas album right now. It's kind of It's kind of fun. I need to order that. It's a good one. Yeah. We're very proud of it. That's good. Because you know, it's all uh, brand new Twilly songs. Yeah. But unlike other Christmas albums, every song on the album is a different genre. Oh, that's awesome. So you've got a rockabilly Christmas song. You've got a novelty Christmas song, Christmas with the Martians. And people uh, people can ahead. find it at DwightTwilly.com, right? Oh, you know they yeah. can. They are. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. Every day. I noticed that you put out uh, Always on Vinyl this year. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to picking up a copy of that at the show. Yeah, we will have some there. Good. They are kind of hard to hold on, but we hope to have, you know, at least a minor supply there. Yeah. Uh, are you glad? Because I know that when we talked also earlier this year, 
you you were talking about one of the things that that was that had bummed you out about the new music thing is that the quality of the sound has gone down and people don't really seem to care. Yeah, of course, I'm sure it does a lot of people because most you know like these things that I'm listening to right now, listening to our, as we discuss on these earbuds. Yeah, <laughs> we were playing music. You're literally hearing about thirty percent of the quality of any recording you listen to. Yeah, that's a lot lost. Yeah, that is. And that's like a whole generation that are used to uh, listening to music that way, and they're missing out on what we used to enjoy. Well, didn't Neil, wasn't Neil Young spearheading some bigger file? I don't know. MP3 I, kind I, of I thing for a while. <laughs> you know, I don't really know, but I've heard something about that. I know what you're talking about. I, I feel like he's really, so. really one of the only artists out there saying anything about that. Mm hmm. Everyone else is just trying to hang in there as best they can. <laughs> well, I, I spoke about it, as you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, you and him is what I meant. Um, so, uh, so, what are the plans for 2016? Are you gonna you gonna kick it in the smoking studio and maybe give us another record or? Well, you know, um, we kind of made a vow to ourselves because we've been knocking out record after record after yeah, record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the past decade, really, and we did the three green blip. Uh, Green Blimp, can't even remember them all. Soundtrack and always just bang, bang, bang. bang right. Bang. And so we promised ourselves that uh, we we're going to stop recording for a while, which right. is really hard for us to do because we are addicted to it. Yeah. But uh, um, we are going to have some product on CD that will be released this coming year. Great. And uh, and that will be a little bit of a surprise. It will be unexpected, I think. And the most, uh, we're probably going to continue on. You know, I'll be doing shows with the band here and there. But with the response we've been getting to the acoustic show, I think that we're going to continue to uh, um, wander around and show up places with the acoustic and maybe take it overseas. That's fantastic. Continue to focus on my project with my artwork. Yeah. Well, that's great. People can 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 get all of your music and find out all about all about you and your endeavors at DwightTwilly.com. They can also go to Dwight Twilly Fan World on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, this Thursday, December seventeenth, the Hole in the Wall in Austin, Texas, with special guest Ron Flint, Dwight Twilly solo. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, Bye. man, I'm excited about it, and I will right. see you. Uh, uh, I will see you at the show. Hopefully, we can okay. hang out right. and uh, and have a chat afterwards. Okay, sounds good. All right, Dwight. Thank you so much for doing the show again, and uh, you guys have a great night. Thank you, John. Bye. Bye-bye.